Greetings, sports world. What is good? Chris Dell here, your host of the Family Feud Sports Podcast, and welcoming you to our brand new Deep Sleepers and Waiver Wire Pickups podcast coming to you every single Tuesday of the week where we give you our top deep sleepers and long shots at Target in your fantasy football league and your waiver wire pickups of the week. When we say deep sleepers, we're not talking about the typical columns you see on ESPN and other fantasy football sports media outlets saying, hey, this guy's available in 50% of leagues and 60% of leagues. We're talking about guys only exclusively owned in less than 25% of leagues here. Position by position breakdown. I'm going to give it to you real quick. And starting at the quarterback position, you're looking at guys owned, like I said, in less than 25% of leagues. A few of these guys had some really big games this week. And let's start off with number one, your boy, Marcus Mariota, Mr. Allen Dell, the godfather, banging the Mariota drum since this guy was drafted out of Oregon and with good cause for this past week, right? Two touchdowns, 344 yards passing. He does it with his legs as well. 30.4 fantasy points. He His previous season high before that was 9.1. He had 1.6 in week one against Miami. Mr. Allen Dell, are you targeting Mariota off the waivers this week? Is that a good pickup in your opinion? Yeah, I just- well, you got the injury factor, and you don't know what's going to happen because he's limited with with his throwing. But uh, well, how about this? He plays. He played a good defense against in Philly, right? Can barely feel his fingers, and he still gets thirty plus fantasy points. I mean, that to me is a combination for future success, especially in this season. We're seeing all this scoring, right? Yeah. Uh, well, he did it. Yeah, well, mainly with his legs, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's a week-to-week thing. You want to go with him? You're you're the expert on the fantasy. Well, yeah, he has a, he has a pristine matchup, in my opinion, at the Buffalo Bills next uh, well. week. Plays at the Chargers week seven, week six against Baltimore before the bye. So he's got three games before the bye. But look, if you're struggling and you got some of these guys on your roster, like Russell Wilson. That, that haven't been performing for you. Let's say you just lost Garoppolo two weeks ago. I think Mariota is a really good guy. He's, I, I like upside guys off the waivers. He's a guy with upside. Like you said, he did a lot with his legs. Yeah, but, but like you said, he completed 30 of 43 pass for 344 and two touchdowns. I love myself a good running quarterback in fantasy love football. It, That's what I'm all about. That's why the two quarterbacks I drafted in every single mock and in our league this year was Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, I'm, I've got Aaron Rodgers, but he can't run, so that's a struggle. Yeah, Making me look with bad, the, man. With the bum knee of Rodgers, although he did look more mobile all season than I, than I saw against Buffalo this past weekend, that's for sure. Derek Carr, uh, big game for Derek Carr. He's owned in a very small percentage of leagues, only 20.4% for Derek Carr, slightly above Mariota. They're both about 20% on the year. Derek Carr with his by far best game of the week. Maybe he's starting to pick up things and get used to Gruden's offense. 437 yards. Look, both these games were in overtime with Mariota and the Titans and with Derek Carr against the Browns, uh, you know, with, with the Raiders winning that overtime game there. Four touchdowns for Derek Carr doubled what he had had all season long through weeks one through three. He had two touchdown passes, gets four alone in week four, 316 Fantasy points. Those are my top two waiver pickups at quarterback. A couple guys worth mentioning. Joe Flacco, this offense in Baltimore, he's owning 16.5% of leagues, and that usage is going to continue to climb. 
his lowest game of the season. He's got you 15-plus points in every game this season, including two games with 22 points or more. So his floor is set at about 15. He can get you 20-plus with upside, and this is a team that's starting to turn the ball loose. You saw John Brown. Joe Flacco loves going deep to this guy. Well, let me ask I got two questions. Let me, let me ask you two other sleepers who you didn't mention. How about Mitchell the Thrill Trubisky? Chicago Bears, six touchdowns against – Okay. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? I preach, I preach patience, Mr. Allendale. Trubisky's number four on my list. That's a, that's a good call by you right there. But you saw Trubisky and what he was in the first three weeks of the season. Like we saw Fitzpatrick for 14 years. Huh? Yeah, well, you, you know, Trubisky struggled. Look, he had 14 points in weeks one and two, only five and a half points in week three at Arizona. Turns it loose, six touchdowns. He's not going to get you that every week. Look, I think you're going to see more of the middle. I think you're going to see a guy who's going to get you between, let's say, 15 to 20, 25 in a good week, maybe a few 30-point games depending on the matchup. And, look, the Bucks are a pristine matchup. Anytime you have a fantasy player going against the Bucks, or let's say a given week you need a streamer off the waivers and they're, and that skill position player is going against the Bucks defense, you really want to consider starting that player or those players in those games because the Bucks, as you said before, Mr. Allendale, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, the Bucks have the worst defense in the NFL. That is without question. Point and let's well move taken. on to the last guy who is more of like a stash kind of guy, and I'm not a believer in Jameis Winston, but he no, he's officially the starter in Tampa. This is a team that's going to be trailing big in a lot of games. He's going to be thrown for a lot of junk time yardage and points. Well, he's good so at that. That, that, that can, our... If you're desperate, if you're in a 12, 14, 16 team league or bigger, he's a guy who wouldn't be a bad guy to take a flyer on. He's owned in, what what is it, 8.4% of ESPN leagues. And then just a, a last guy to mention here, I'm going to throw two guys at you really quick. Case Keenum is still owned in a lot of leagues, only 17%. I think the Broncos offense does well this season as a whole. I think he offers a little bit of upside with his rushing. And let's let's talk about Josh Rosen, your boy, the, the chosen one, the Rosen one. Josh Rosen didn't really have a big fantasy day this past week. He only had 12.5 fantasy points, but... Played a, played a decent Seattle defense, and I think that he plays at San Francisco this week. I think you're going to see another increase in fantasy points as he gets more used to that offense. Well, he's already taken in our league. So. Oh, by you last week. Savvy pickup by the Godfather. More, a little bit of a homer pickup right there. You've been a huge Rosen fan since his days at UCLA. Let's him, move man. on to running back here. Like I said, we're talking about guys owning less than 25% of leagues, whether you're in a PPR league or a standard league here. The first guy on my list is talking about the Bucks again, and, and this isn't my most exciting guy to pick up, but he could be a starter sooner rather than later as Ronald Jones, star USC draft pick this past season for the Bucks, and he's been inactive for all the games this year up until this past week against Chicago. Got some burn in that game. He only finished with 10 carries for 29 yards, but you see what Peyton Barber's doing in that offense, which is absolutely nothing. But Ronald Jones is a guy – not just the stash, but to pick up, and he could be starting for the Bucks, getting 10, 15-plus carries a game starting in week six when they come off the bye. Uh, let's talk about Nick Chubb, who my boy Daniel in our fantasy league, two-time fantasy champ in the league of big-body Bossogs here. Long time ago. Drafted Damn! Nick Chubb, dropped him after weeks one or two when Carlos Hyde looked like the clear-cut favorite to start at running back. Hyde still looks like that guy. He had 20-plus carries this past weekend, but Chubb is the guy who actually – had the results on the other end. He had 105 yards on just three carries. He had two touchdowns on three carries. Absolutely insane. The upside is there. You could see more of a timeshare going forward in this, off, soft, in this offense. 
As the Browns look for more ways to win games and to score points, the young guys think they're going to lean on more than ever as the season continues. Antonio Callaway is getting a lot of targets. Baker Mayfield needs guys to throw him the ball. He needs explosive playmakers around him. Look for more carries for Chubb, who's not had more than three carries a game this year, but he was an absolute beast. We mentioned Chubb and Mich- Sony Michelle, the Patriots running back, were both the running backs for Georgia last year. That was the, one of the best backfields I've ever seen in my life in college football. Both these guys are going to be absolute stars in the NFL. Michelle's looking like one already. Chubb just needs his chance. He's got a really good guy ahead of him in Carlos Hyde, but Chubb has way more explosiveness, way more home run hitting ability. Nick Chubb, a guy to target, owned in 156 percent of leagues was dropped by a lot of people recently too his his usage uh, ownership percentage has gone down frank gore look he, he's he's not gonna blow you away off the Ooh. off the off the charge with the statistics or anything like that but frank gore is a guy who's leading the dolphins in carries he had he had more carries than Kenyon drake this past week 11 carries 41 yards he had some catches too frank gore had 13.7 fantasy points in ppr this past week Word. that's not bad he that's better than matt breda did in my flex he could have started for a lot of fantasy teams this week. It's not a bad pickup. and he, He's the most boring, unsexiest pickup on, at running back, but he's a guy who gets it done. Let me ask you about Nick Chubb. Okay, he had the numbers, but he only carried the ball three times. Yeah, you, it's like going up and hitting three home runs in a game, and, and people think you're going to do it. You're going to be the next Babe Ruth. He had three carries. He, bla- he blasted loose for 105 yards and two touchdowns. Don't you think that's a reason for coaches to give him more work? Uh, with Cle- I don't know what's going on in Cleveland, do you? No, I and, I, and I don't trust you, Jackson. Like I said, you burned me on, on picking the Browns kicker, who, Greg Joseph, who had eight points, but they went for two points on all three of their touchdowns in that game. Their three first touchdowns, might I say, in that game. In my opinion, and, you know, that Three sucked. points, three points. Every point matters in fantasy football. You're never sure what Hugh Jackson's going to do in that guy's head from week to week on the sideline, let's just say that. But no, you're looking for guys with upside that are owning less than 25% of leagues. In our league, there's not. we're in a 12-team league. Just imagine people in 14, 16-team leagues, a guy like Chubbs on the waivers, you got to take a flyer and hope maybe in a few weeks you start to see the carries uptick a little bit. Maybe he goes from about two or three to game to five, six a game, nine, ten a game, and before you know it, Carlos Hyde gets hurt. He could be the guy. That, that, that's, that's how you got to look at things when you're looking ahead on the way. What about wire. tight ends? I mean, there's a lot of people I know. We're, we're, we're going to get to tight ends okay. in a second. Let me just finish up the list right here. Robert Turbin for the Colts coming off a four-game suspension. He was taking first-team reps at running back with the Colts in the preseason. Was supposed to be their number one pick to be the third down back. He could wind up being their lead back on, on all three downs this season. He might not get that much work this week because they're playing on a short week Thursday night at the Patriots, but Robert Turbin's a guy who's flashed that starting running back potential. I know it's such a crowded backfield in Indy. You got Jordan Wilkins, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, who we're going to get to in a second. Naheem Hines is my next guy, sitting on Mr. Allen Dell, the Godfather's bench. I know it was you, Fredo. 28 fantasy points this pack this past week. Hines is owned in only 15% of leagues, but this guy is a PPR catch monster out of the backfield. And now with T.Y. Hilton hurt for the Annapolis Colts, he's going to get even more looks from Andrew Luck, who doesn't want to throw it deep. He wants to dink and duck Andrew Luck, dink and duck to a short, quick, explosive running back like Naheem Hines. I wish I would have picked him up off the waivers before you did, Mr. Allendell. Another savvy pickup for you, although you haven't started him yet. Well, he was was on my bench, but I'll tell you one thing. He's he's definitely going to play ahead of Rashad Penny. I might just cut Rashad Penny because he looks like the third, fourth, fifth back. I for Seattle. Get away from me, you little shit. And, and that leads me to Mike Davis, a, a guy who we didn't even realize was going to get any work whatsoever for Seattle. I texted you when we were both out watching football yesterday. Hey, 
Chris Carson's been ruled out for this game. Make sure to start Rashad Penny. <laughs> that didn't looks like that didn't work out for you, Mr. Allendale. But in, in all reality, that Mike Davis, this guy came out of nowhere, owned in 0.1. What is it? 0.1 percent of his Mike Davis. 21 carries and four catches. And, and he's a guy that's that he. This isn't the first time he's done anything in a game before. Mike Davis is a guy who's a powerful running back. They obviously trust him. They gave him 21 carries. He got over 100 yards, two touchdowns on the day. I'm not going to rush to pick up David. He makes my list as as a as an honorable mention candidate this week because he's such he's owned in such low amount of leagues. So if you're in a really deep league, I think it's a good flyer to take. But Chris Carson's going to be back this week. Rashad Penny, they still have the draft pick invested in him. I don't think Mike Davis gets this type of work unless injuries amount in the Seattle backfield. So a guy to keep an eye on, not a guy I'm rushing to get. I'd rather have a guy like Don, Deontay Foreman. Houston Texans running back. He will be activated off the PUP list after week six. I know it's a couple weeks before that, but did you see Lamar Miller play this past weekend? The guy looked pedestrian as hell. The guy is not explosive. He doesn't make plays out of the backfield. Less than five fantasy points and a high-scoring affair. Lamar Miller has been on the verge of losing his job for a long time, but he just doesn't have anyone to challenge him for that. Last year, it looked like Foreman, who was a rookie last year, was ready to take that job away, but he got hurt. Once he comes back, I say by week seven, week eight, you're looking at a starting running back in one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. If you have a roster spot and you need the running back depth, stash Deontay Foreman either this week or next week before week six, before it's too late, because this guy could be a fantasy stud in the second half of the season. I got a question for you. Uh, Go ahead. uh, My running back, another running back I got is Javaris Allen, who hit double digits three weeks in a row. Okay, had a rough night against Pitt. So broke Yeah, not not a good matchup. 6.7, but uh, maybe he should be back in my starting. Do do I start him ahead of – of of Hines. No, See, you, like you don't. And I, I was going to tell you this earlier, but, but I'm playing you next week. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that's the thing. Is <laughs> can can we go back and erase that part out of the podcast here? No, Mr. Allendale and myself playing each other this week in fantasy. We're two of the only four teams that are three and one in our league. So a little bit of humble brag there. Who I emerges victorious? Uh, we're gonna, are we going to play in the finals like we did about six years back when I beat you, or are we going to forget about that? I mean, I think Naheem Hines is look. I mean, for fantasy purposes. Purposes and now hashtag analysis. He's the guy to go with. I think looking at your roster, Mr. Allen Dell, if you want to bench Saquon Barkley against me, go ahead. Cause you know, I don't want to play against him anyway. So that's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. <laughs> All right. So moving on to wide receiver and we're going to start wrapping it up here as we get down the list wide receivers. I'm looking at this week, the obvious guys on the waivers, DD Westbrook, Taylor Gabriel, both had monster games this past week, both own in less than 25 percent of leagues. D.D. Westbrook was a guy who was dropped in our league this past week. And look, I mean, it's going to be hard to predict who does what in that Jaguars offense week to week. But Westbrook has the most physical tools out of all their receivers. When you're looking at Moncrief, you're looking at Keelan Cole, D.J. Shark, Westbrook, nine catches, 130 yards, 21 points. Didn't even get a touchdown and had over 21 points in PPR scoring. He's one of my top guys to go after. Taylor Gabriel, obviously huge day against the Buccaneers. That, that was a guy who I, I thought would have been a great pickup last week. Like I said, any guys like that going against the Buccaneers defense, you want to pick up and start them. Great I don't think Gabriel gets that many points as he did this past week again this season. Maybe, maybe once or twice it's going to be hard to predict, but he's a guy with massive upside in his speed and his route running abilities. He's a short, undersized guy, but he's a burner. And I think if the more Trubisky gets it together in that offense, the more Taylor Gabriel will see success. Although – when Anthony Miller returns, 
Taylor Gabriel's target share will go down a little bit. So Gabriel, a good guy still to target off waivers. And a couple guys, I mean, look, Ryan Grant's going to be the main guy Andrew Luck's throwing the ball to this week. Uh, you see that T.Y. Hilton's questionable at best to play. It looks like he might be ruled out for this game. Ryan Grant's had double-digit fantasy points in three out of four weeks this season. He's getting the targets, getting the catches. He only had one t- He's only has one touchdown in four games, but he's still putting up points even without the touchdowns. He's another guy I'm looking at. Christian Kirk with your boy Josh Rosen. They're, they're high school friends. They, they've trained together in the past, and he's going to need someone to throw the ball to, obviously besides David Johnson and a little bit of Larry Fitzgerald in there. Christian Kirk, rookie wide receiver for the Cardinals. I think he's a good guy to target. How do you he play, had 16 man? points uh, in week three. Uh, since week one, he's had at least 6.7 in all three games. So he's a guy with some upside there. And then the last couple guys I'm going to mention, Cincinnati Bungles, baby, my beloved Bungles, John Ross, because Tyler Boyd has emerged as a fantasy star these last three weeks. More teams are going to start to double cover either A.J. Green or Tyler Boyd, which is going to leave some deep ball opportunities for John Ross. He caught a long touchdown against Atlanta. When you're playing against a weak secondary, I think Ross could be a really good sneaky flex play as long as he's healthy. He's questionable now because he got hurt in that game, but it doesn't look like a serious injury. If you're in a deep league, you need some upside. If John Ross is available, I say you take a chance on him when the matchup is right. Okay, and then the two guys who are the lowest, owning the lowest amounts of league, who might be my favorite two pickups of the week, Tennessee Titans, Taewon Taylor. This is a guy who had seven catches for 70-plus yards. They cut Rashard Matthews earlier this year. Yeah, hello, so he's please. number two in that offense. And Marcus Mariota, it looks like he's going to start slinging the ball a little more this season. So Tawan Taylor, this guy's had at least seven points in each, each of the last three weeks. He's had double digits in two out of the last three weeks, almost 15 points this past week. He's a guy with a lot of speed and a lot of upside, only owned in 39 percent of leagues and then last guy on my list who might be my number one pickup this week we'll we'll see how we'll see how things work out is kiki qt another rookie wide receiver qt who who stepped in as their third receiver this week but became the second receiver for the texans after will fuller left the game with his hamstring injury qt had 15 targets 11 catches 109 yards for 21.7 fantasy points This guy could be a huge upside play later in the season. The Texans are going to be slinging it all season long. Watson throws a lot of passes. He likes those fast guys that know how to get across the field. QT is a guy worth picking up this week. Owned in only 0.4% of leagues. He had been battling a hamstring injury, so this is the first game he actually saw a decent amount of snaps. Uh, That's going to be one of my top guys to target this week, especially in deep leagues. And then tight end, Mr. Allen Dell, Antonio Gates, your, your boy, Mr. Old Faithful. He, he's a guy to target at tight end. Do you have any specific guys at tight end? My other couple guys I'd mention, Cameron Brait. That's Winston's favorite target dating back to last year. You saw him targeting him this past week. If you need a quick tight end fill-in over the next two to four weeks when O.J. Howard is hurt, Cameron Brait's going to be a perfect guy to target. He's a guy you can – Insert right into your starting lineup. He's going to get the checkdowns. Winston's going to look for him in the red zone when the Bucks are there. Cameron Braid is a great pickup for at least the next two to four weeks, if not a decent pickup for the rest of the season. Ricky Seals-Jones, athletic tight end out of Arizona. You're going to see his production increase with Josh Rosen becoming more comfortable finding the tight end position. And then Hayden Hurst, the rookie tight end out of Baltimore, Baltimore's been running three tight ends on the field, kind of cir- circulating them in and out of the lineup in terms of snaps. Hayden Hurst has been hurt. Once he comes back, they're looking to make him their premier featured tight end in that offense. He's available in a ton of leagues. 
Uh, th those are my top guys to target there. And I think you're looking at some really deep sleepers. We talked about Dallas Goddard last week. He didn't have a really good week this past week, but if anything ever happened to Zach Ertz, Goddard would become one of the top tight ends in fantasy football. Another rookie right there out of South Dakota State playing for the Eagles. Charles Clay could be a guy. We've talked about him in, in past years, but Josh Allen, the inconsistency. I think if you're desperate, Charles Clay could be a good play That's right good. there. And then the, the last one I mentioned, the, the, the deepest sleeper on my list is my beloved Bungles once again is C.J. Uzoma because Tyler Eifert's done for the year. I mean, his ankle was, was torn to shreds, to say the least, in that, in that game on that play. Sad to see a guy like Eifert do that, but C.J. Uzoma is, is the guy that you want to target off the waivers, definitely, because he's going to be the only tight end in that Bengals offense. That's why we took the damn field. So as I mentioned, C.J. Uzoma, the guy cut a touchdown pass in week three. He is owned in 0.1% of leagues. Look, if you need a tight end, like I said, he's going to be the only guy catching passes at the tight end position for the Bengals. Yeah, I know they got this guy, Tyler Croft, on the, on the roster who, who played some games last year, but Uzoma is the guy right now that's going to see that work. He only had one catch for six yards against Atlanta, but – He's a guy to keep an eye on if you're desperate at tight end and the tight end position has been a complete wasteland this season, to say the least. Okay, my top three defenses to target this week. Again, only people, only defenses that you can claim that are available in less than 25% of leagues. And I think the top two of these are going to be really good streamers this week is I'm going to continue to ride the Bengals bandwagon right now. Cincinnati Bengals will be playing at home against the Miami Dolphins in week five. Tannehill just threw for 100 yards passing. Their offense looks like they're in shambles. I know they've had a few nice trick gimmicky plays with Adam Gase, but the Bengals defense, they played well in weeks one and two. Okay, they had 11 and seven points. Weeks three and four, ignore it. They played at Carolina, at Atlanta. Those are two tough offenses on the road against NFC opponents. They're coming back home to play an AFC team against the Dolphins, who are struggling right now, especially after that Patriots game. Bengals are a great team to look at. Only owned in 4.2% of leagues. Bengals league-wide league are considered to ha have, if not the best, one of the best defensive lines, front fours in all of football. I think they put a lot of pressure on Tannehill and force him into some turnovers there. 49ers, I know their defense hasn't been great this year. Don't get me wrong, but they did have seven points with an interception and a touchdown against the Chargers this past weekend. They're playing at home against Arizona your boy Josh Rosen, I know he's I know he's got some upside, but I think he's a rookie and playing in only a second start against a division opponent on the road. The 49ers are a team I might start myself, only owning 0.9% of leagues. And then my last one, I think Arizona is a good play at San Francisco in that game as well. I think Buffalo at home against Tennessee, I think that could be a decent one if you're desperate. But my third one, besides the Niners and the Bengals, is going to be the Chiefs. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Look, they're known, to, again, to have one of the worst defenses in the league. But after Monday night's game against Denver, in week five, they're at home against Jacksonville. What about up Kamalu? And although the Chiefs secondary is extremely suspect, right, these guys give up massive passing yards to a lot of their opponents, they're playing against Blake Bortles. And I just am a firm believer that if you let Blake Bortles try to beat you, more often than not, you're going to win. The game's at home at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs could get up big, start to pressure Blake Bortles into throwing it. Fournette's not going to be there. The Chiefs, owned in only 6% of leagues, 
and they're ranked 31st out of fantasy defenses right now. We're talking about streamers. Streamers is somebody you put in for one week with the right matchup and hope that they give you more points that week, and then you drop them on the waivers the next week. I think it could be the Chiefs this week. Like I said, my top two picks are the 49ers and the Bengals. And then real quick, I know kicker's not a thing that you really can really rank from week to week. It's really tough to do. But Cody Parkey with the Bears, he's at double digits in three out of four weeks. That Bears offense is talented, but they're still young, so which means they're, they're going to drive the ball well, and a lot of times they're going to stall in the red zone. And I think that when, team, when you're looking at a team that stalls a lot in the red zone, you're looking at fantasy kicker gold. Kareem Fairbarn from the Houston Texans, another team that might struggle in the red zone that's going to put up a lot of points with Deshaun Watson slinging the ball around. And then the Raiders' new kicker. You saw the Raiders' offense get some life this, this past week. Mike Nugent, their kicker to start the season, was put on IR. They signed a guy named Matt McCrane or Mike McCrane on, on the, onto the uh, practice squad this past week. He started for them this week, got 12 points, even missed a few field goals. But I think he's a guy who could see consistent work and volume being the kicker in that Raiders offense. The Cowboys kicker, Marr, isn't looking like a bad option right now. Neither is Joseph. Greg Joseph for the Browns, as long as Hugh Jackson doesn't keep messing around and going for two on all their touchdowns. I don't want to get into that again. And just finishing up here, looking at complete long shot candidates, Mr. Allen Dell. We we talked about Adam Humphreys and our NFL rants and raves, a guy that Winston always looks to. He had six catches in in this past week's game once Winston got in. I'm not going to pick him up, but if you're in a 14, 16 or greater league and you have no wide receiver to pick up, Adam Humphreys could be a guy who gets you a floor of eight, nine, ten points a game. Ryan Switzer for the Pittsburgh Steelers, complete long shot I'm looking at. He had seven catches this uh, this past week on Sunday Night Football, had a touchdown the week before that. He's a rookie with some talent. Another couple guys, Lacan Treadmill for the Vikings, another very, very deep sleeper. If anything ever happened to Adam Thielen or to Stephon Diggs, Treadwell could get a large amount of work in that offense. Rashard Higgins for the Browns. They could be able to support three receivers in that offense. We'll see about that. And then Kalen Balazs, the Miami Dolphins rookie running back, was activated for the first time all season this year. I, Drake's been struggling, and Gore is Gore. He's, he's going to get those 10 carries, but doesn't offer that much explosiveness. Balazs is a guy. ESPN's Matthew Berry was very high on, him in the, high on him in the preseason. He's a guy that could eventually get a lot of work for the Miami Dolphins. And my last guy, you're going to love this, Mr. Allen Dell, as we wrap it up. Last guy I'm going to mention on the podcast Former USF Bull, Marquez Valdez-Scantling for the Green Bay Packers. Had one catch this past week, but Geronimo Allison is out, was out with a concussion in that game. Randall Cobbs and banged up all year. If both those guys were, were somehow miss a game, the only ca- pass catchers that Aaron Rodgers has is Jimmy Graham, who's also banged up, and Devontae Adams. Valdez-Scantling started this past week. He's, he's got some talent. He's got good hands. He could get targets if those guys are out. So that's a little bit of a homer pick for me, but an extremely, extremely deep sleeper, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, former USF Bulls. Go Bulls, baby. Any, anything you want to add? No, just I just want to add, if, if any, anybody out there wants to join my 1965 fantasy league and you're looking for a wide receiver, look for Bob Hayes, the bullet. He's okay, high. I'm going to have to do some research on that, <laughs> Mr. Allen. That's when you guys were, were uh, using oh, – you didn't have typewriters you know, back then. What the hell, by, were, how the the hell way, were you keeping points back then? By the way, the all-time fantasy points by a wide receiver in the first four games, and, and you'd never believe this, but ranked third is Billy Houghton, 1952 at 83.2 points. I'll go holler at him, son. So think about that. You, th- you say the ball's going up now. Number one is Jerry Butler, 1979, and Anquan Bolin, 2003. Oh, you're talking about for one game? Yeah, but I, I'm – no, first four games. Oh, first four but games. But I okay. am considering starting a – 
old-fashioned back-in-time fantasy league where you're going to have to pick a bunch of players and you got 10 minutes to look look them up and then we start playing. So oh, like, how, how do you score the points then? Same way as now. That's but they're all. not playing. No, we're going to go back in time. Oh, you're going to look at the points yeah, and that's just. that's what we're going to do. you got 15, <laughs> 10, 15 minutes to pick your team, Bob Hayes, Roger Stallback, all the guys, and then you go. Oh, I see now. Yes, it's all good. Yeah. Okay, so so they have to be they have to have played what 1965 well, we'll or before. Pick, we'll pick a year. We'll pick a year 1965, okay. and we'll say, okay, here's your team. I throw you the schedule, and then a winner will be determined in an hour. Okay, I, I like that there. Or, or maybe just do it on the fly with no time to research. How about that? The Godfather's Old Timers Fantasy Football Brian's League. going to take a lot of brain power. Uh, right, that, that, that's that's going to take off right there, man. We're going to see a lot of play. You see points like we're, we're getting scoring now. Like I said, for eight games with 49-plus points between the two combined teams, a lot of points going on, which means a lot of fantasy football goodness if, you, if you're a fantasy football football owner of course that's it for this week's edition of the family feud sports our deep sleepers and waiver wire pickups and i'm your host chris dell the mad journalist with me as always my co-host slash father the godfather mr alan dell former tam bay bucks beat writer we'll see you later this week with some more college football talk and some more nfl talk until then peace out playoffs i just hope we can win a game give me a boy's name that starts with the letter h jose